0: Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous,
3: one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. And I'm Nay from the AW5 and Calvin and Hobbs cast. Hey, glad to have you with us, Nay. Thank you. I'm very excited to talk about Almost Famous.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is uh, Minute 37 here in Week 17, oddly enough. Um... (laughs) and it starts with ben making a deal with william and ends with lester trying to discourage william so we have uh uh the one thing that's, I, that that's actually really uh makes a lot of sense for you to be on for the, these minutes he he's silent he, he made his debut last minute but uh he's he's silent for both last minute and this minute but uh good old uh dwight schrute
3: yep rain wilson he's so fancy with his cigarette yeah. holder and his little yeah. red suit <laughs>
0: My, my big note for that was he has this uh, great cigarette acting this minute. Yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of waving around there.
3: This other guy, I always thought, you know, uh, Ben Fong Torres. I always thought that was supposed to be Jan Wenner when I saw it before. Oh, Jan, wow. Jan Venner. So I th- assumed yeah. that that's what Jan Venner looked like. And it's just wow. a whole confusing thing. When Then later on, I saw what he looked like. And I'm like, that's he doesn't look like that actor. Yeah. But then I looked He's up. Not- Ben Fong Torres today, and he looks almost exactly like that guy. So, like, really good casting, actually. <laughs>
0: well, and 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 later on, much much later, um, there, uh, Jan Wenner is actually even in this movie. Oh, he's, he's, he has a very you know little little very you know even smaller than Cam. You know, I'd say. He I know, guess I forgot about like that. Thing.
3: Yeah. Oh, the real Jan Wenner.
0: Yeah, the real Jan Wenner is actually yeah. in this. Nice. Um. Very very briefly.
3: But um yeah, so yeah,
0: Ben Fontor is um
3: played by Terry Chen. But he's just an editor at Rolling Stone and he's still able to hand out the dough for assignments and stuff.
0: Yeah, right. Well and that's and this other guy too, played by Rain Wilson, is that is David Felton, um is his name, and he was a writer, that's for sure. He, he uh the, the biggest thing I saw him that that he wrote was in uh, nineteen seventy, so three years prior to this, um, about uh, Charlie Manson and the murders.
3: Oh they're all on the masthead, I imagine, back in the day.
0: Yeah, right. That's, yeah, back back in the early days when, yeah, you definitely uh, would have uh, people that, that wrote and did, did had the the editing capa- responsibilities and, right, would would then also be on the masthead.
3: I remember Hunter S. Thompson was still on the masthead when I was reading it in the oh. early oddies, but... He didn't write anything in it during those times. They just always kept him on there as like a foreign correspondent or something. Mm -hmm. Probably not that. That sounds more, it's some like foreign affairs desk or something. He had a special title. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I I feel like I I even uh, saw something where some people were kind of confused by the, the rain Wilson character and thinking he was supposed to be Hunter S. Thompson too. Oh, (laughs) there was some confusion there too. I think over the years, um,
3: was this Rain Wilson's first role? Because this predates uh, *House of a Thousand Corpses* by quite okay. a bit. Yeah. Hm. When, when he turns into a merman.
0: Yeah, and he certainly does have uh, a couple lines later in the movie here. As I said, uh, this this is all this silent acting. <laughs> he's he's doing the thumbs down song or uh, sign, the thumbs down uh, sign to uh, Ben. Not, not as some kind of uh, negative, you know, as as I think most people would kind of think, or, or even lower. It's 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 kind of a, a f- formulation or, or different differentiation of lower. He's really just trying to just say low, keep it low.
3: Yeah, low sub- ball him. Yeah,
0: low ball him. Yeah, yeah. Keep uh, the uh, what 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 they're gonna pay, young William.
3: So yeah, there's two things in this minute where. William gets kind of saved by his own, uh, lack of words, (laughs) his Uh own speechlessness. Yep. In this one, because they, they think he's being stoic or something and then Uh offer him 300 more dollars. And then the other one in a few seconds, is there anything you want to talk about before we get to that part?
0: Well, no, no. Uh, well, I mean, the thing that I would actually, the, the big thing I noted about, uh, uh, the point where William is kind of making a certain, certain sounds like rrr, rrr, rrr. He, he dropped, I think he's dropped a pen or pencil, what have you, but he's kind of making that, that sound. And it's, it's a similar scene or similar sound is being made in my mind. Uh, similarly on a phone over mm-hmm. a phone. And it's actually the, uh, the impersonation that in Ferris Bueller's day off, that the secretary played by Edie McClurg, is making trying to trying to imitate ed rooney the principal i don't know if if you have you seen that not recently no not recently okay well it's always (laughs) stuck in my mind as a great little bit of comedy um i know i know the guy and i know uh gary victoria of of ferris bueller's minute off uh uh, certainly uh pointed that out as being an interesting part as well
3: i i pulled um, a different john hughes reference with uh it's reminding me of Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 2 ordering things from the room service. We're like, excuse me, I'm a... Like, uh, like a super yeah. fake adult voice that, that no yeah. adult actually has. Can you imagine if, if I called somebody, like called my bank or something to have some transaction? I was like, excuse me, this is Nathan I'm trying <laughs> to take out some money from my checking account. They'd be like, okay, Kate, Kate, get off the phone. Like, oh. there's no way they'd believe it. <laughs> Not a real voice. <laughs>
0: When, and again and 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 then that leads me to another that reminds me of another Ferris Bueller Day off thing is when uh for when Cameron is doing the the uh older adultish, you know, uh uh Chicago <laughs> um person um, Yeah. imitation to fool uh, uh Rooney earlier on and then later uh in the middle I roughly the uh the waiter. <laughs> this snooty snotty waiter. Um, so, you know, like uh, something that happens here is that, uh, you know, that that again, you know, helps uh, what you're what, what I think what you're going towards is, is that uh, Ben is asking, what's your background volume? Are you, journal- are you a journalism major? And he does say, yeah. But Ben then, you know, you know, further, you know, line of inquiry is what college? And that's when, you know, I mean. There's there's definitely a couple seconds there where William is not coming up with anything. <laughs> he's he's thinking for a second to, or two there. But then uh, Elaine, his mom, who then then <laughs> then thinks is his wife. Um William's wife uh, because Elaine comes on and says, "Honey, I need you to do that thing that fixes the garbage disposal." Um and and he and Ben certainly has his uh his line of, you know, know how no how my lady gets when you don't snap to it.
3: Yeah, and it kind of paints a portrait of their home life too. That yeah, that Williams, the guy that would fix their garbage disposal, he is kind yeah. of the uh, you know him and even though he's being raised by his mother, they're kind of like partners a little bit in sense of uh-huh. they're the only ones there, and so they split up those tasks. But yeah, you you're supposed to think, oh, he's toast because obviously that's his mom. You saw it, but if you realize right. if you're just listening to it, it could be his wife or something.
0: Yeah, it's it's that old uh, old old uh, timey tradition thing of uh, you know the 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 man of the house <laughs> and and their responsibilities and so forth that uh, he he would be the one to uh, whoever whoever is the man of the house is the one that uh, should take care of fixing the garbage disposal.
3: Yeah, so you think that she's blown it, but actually yeah, she right. saves him because then that distracts from the university question. So.
0: Yeah, and it, it certainly never comes back to that because in Ben Fong Torres's mind, you know, his reasoning for asking these things is to kind of snuff out any possibility of, you know, someone kind of trying to pull one over on them, I would think, um, you know, and, and that uh, kind of uh, gets him to uh, realize that, okay, this this has got to be legit. <laughs>
3: hmm Yeah this is clearly an adult man so it's yeah. fine no matter he can write those articles i'm sure because he's clearly an adult with a wife therefore he's qualified yeah, yeah and then they then they both go back and forth saying crazy a few right, times yeah.
0: yeah and there was the one time uh, previous in the, in the very previous minute when ben you know that, that's when the when the phone call starts uh, and and there's the, the, the minute ends with ben saying crazy and then it goes into the let's do 3000 words Right. Um now one, one thing I think also to he- heavy to note, um, you know, we've we've uh certainly I think I think it started in the last minute was the song uh, Easy to Slip by the band Little Feet. Um and and it, you know, it's it's actually it really makes me think of uh especially almost right at the split of the of the minutes here, what we heard the previous minute was kind of more hard rockin'. But what this minute has is a more tender, almost, uh, a, um, ballad, you know, ballad almost dish, mm-hmm. maybe kind of a song, um, by this band, little feet, which, uh, had a lot of, um, um, uh, people, uh, that were, that were, uh, uh, fans, you know, other, other rock musicians and so forth that were fans of one, the biggest person of note being Jim, Jimmy, Page, who is, uh, pretty crucial to this, uh. This movie, this uh and, and Cameron Crowe himself having been uh one of the bands that uh uh Led Zeppelin being uh, one of the bands that uh Crow uh toured with and did interviews with.
3: Yeah, Jimmy Page was kinda of the original Jason Lee. Yeah, well mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, just kidding. That's, but yeah, <laughs> one interesting detail in the beginning part is he says, uh, "You're going to join the band on the road," and then he says, "We'll set up billing. Don't let the band pay for anything." Uh-huh. Um, so they they want to avoid that conflict. They're setting that up early because the band's going to try to butter him up by, yeah, right, butter or something.
0: Yeah, that's that's. There's definitely a uh, a little bit of a phrase. Later, that's uh, that's used in the Rolling Stones offices when we come back to them later in a movie. That's uh, he's just a fan. Wait, that William is just a fan and wrote this uh, article that uh, you know was just uh, painting a pretty picture of the band on the road versus anything uh, kind of uh, whether it was just uh, of a more uh, behind the scenes of, a, of, of things that bands wouldn't want you to know about kind of a, a view.
3: they want that dirt
0: yep um but then but then the real thing uh, that i've read about uh, a good bit here and in, and in, in preparing for this show is that uh um the, the one of the big reasons that rolling stone was interested in having this you know and knowing that they had this you know young writer and and continued to write for them as as he was in his later teens um uh, after his initial kind of foray uh, or two and and just just several several more and on into his 20s too that's for sure but but in those earlier days it was just it was just just uh notability that they had this young <laughs> teenage writer on almost on almost on staff it was you know they they just a little more consultancy like you know yeah contributor yeah he wasn't uh fully on staff because he was still trying to finish school and all that but um yeah
3: I looked up, like you know, to research for this. Tried to read that original, what probably would have been the original article yeah. that he wrote, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't find anything that was that interesting to read, unfortunately. <laughs> like I, when I was reading it, I was kind of falling asleep and just stopped reading it. So I'm like, yeah. you know, I got yeah, a lot it's of things. Not, yeah, I'm just gonna look up footage. It's not of the Gonzo Lester journalism
0: Bang. of Hunter S. Thompson, as they point out. We are we already later on. There's the line. <laughs> we already have one Hunter S. Thompson at this magazine.
3: <laughs> yeah, but they should get more because. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's a good writer <laughs> well they have their own hunter s thompson now their new one uh i don't oh. recall his name but he, he wrote he writes like the new political stuff and uh, uh matt tybee or something t-a-i-b-b-i yeah
0: yeah, yeah matt, matt tybee yeah yeah I, it's, I, it's yeah, I so remember, hunter like, s thompson two years ago when i last yeah when i last had hbo which i will be getting hbo back soon because of the Watchmen show but uh and I I would tune into the uh real time with Bill Maher Mm -hmm. show every now and then and and he was definitely a a a guest on there a few times over the few years I was watching that
3: he's cool but it is very derivative but then I don't know Guess it's like it's cool to have that something like that perspective here (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Um, the, 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 that first song we were talking about, uh, easy to slip, um, that does end at a point here, there's a little bit of a blank, you know, couple, a couple the couple lines that are, that are said about the garbage disposal and snap to it. But then this other song starts up, um, and it ends up being diegetic. Um, and actually, I'm sorry, this is actually the song that I was thinking that's, that's, this is the, uh, this is the song that has that hard rocking at the start, um, and and then right, I think right around the change of this minute into the next that you, while you're here with us, Nathan, that uh, it uh, goes into a little more ballad type. The easy to slip that was that's more. Hmm.
3: This next one is the raspberries,
0: right? Yeah, by the raspberries. That uh, oh, okay. Yeah, but but the easy to slip by little feet. It's. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 got it's it's similar to the you know the Leonard Skinner and Almond Brothers that are definitely a big part of of uh, this movie, um,
3: but uh, much cheaper. Yeah, but, but I'm right, assuming. <laughs> <laughs> got to fill up the whole movie with music. We can't be dropping big bucks on every single song.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Is there a really epic, almost famous playlist on Spotify or something that you know more than the soundtrack had? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I know that I know those are out there. Yeah, that, that's that been, uh, there's been, uh, people that have those, I think. I've, I know, I, well, and actually, I, it's, it was previous guests even actually that I know have created that as well. So I know, I know multiple people have, have, have created that. And I even have, but I even have my own, which is, you know, essentially my permanent version when I've, had, I've, I've even copied it onto the couple different cloud spots I can, um, you know, where, it's, you know, I mean, it's it's my actual, you know, actual downloaded files um, from my uh, Amazon, you know, and so forth. Um, and, and my own personal collection, even before Amazon was a thing, I certainly had some of them. Um, but, you know, all, all numbered, too. <laughs> numbered in the right order. So that way, you know, if I had to uh, put them in a whole different folder for whatever reason, they would still at least all be in the right order. Yeah. So so yeah so and we have that so we have that uh, the change in the song as well as you know which is overlaying this 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 one scene with Ben and uh, and then we start to hear a little bit and then and cut to as well uh, uh, William talking with Lester Bangs again he certainly had the uh, the good uh, five minutes roughly maybe earlier in the film and and then we get him sprinkled in like two or three times here throughout with this being the first of those. A little bit smaller times where they're where they're all on the phone, um, we, we never, they're, they're never back in in, in person in one on one communication uh, in person together. But these oh, these, that's uh, true. phone calls, and and this is the phone call where Lester is wearing the shirt Detroit sucks.
3: Yeah, what's the story behind that? <laughs>
0: Well, you know, and that's that's one of the weird things I kind of got into a little bit with the previous guest was that, uh, you know, it's a, you know I, I mentioned oh there's later on we're gonna have him wearing that shirt yet we're talking about how he kind of he was from Detroit he's living there in San Diego he lives there um, I think that's right.
3: But he, like, loved all that MC5, Iggy and the Stooges stuff, right? right? yeah. From Detroit. He, he, he
0: certainly lot likes some of it, but then, you know, I, th- I think he, he, you know, there's, there's other parts of it. I mean, I... Uh...
3: I love hearing people that are really passionate about things. I love yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman's portrayal of Lester Bangs, and I used to uh-huh. think that was like the coolest thing and now that I'm a little <laughs> bit older I'm like oh calm down about rock and roll <laughs> it'll be fine <laughs> it's gonna change you're just you're getting old I can't believe you would like say the whole thing had died and like you look at that time frame it's like three right. years that he like did a 180 on music in general and it's like I guess you know rock music really hadn't been around long enough to realize it goes in cycles but you know okay. or whatever but uh I, I did look up Lester Bangs talking uh, in his interview, and and he does a, a pretty good job. He's those like a Lester Bangs mixed with Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> a lot of Philip Seymour Hoffman in there yeah. too. But I love his energy as he's running around that room, nervous energy, getting yeah. records off the shelf and stuff.
0: In um, this minute, you know, he, he's saying uh, Lester ends the minute by saying back to William. You got starry eyes, my friend. But then next minute, there's there's an even more explicit thing that that he says after the phone is hung up, um, right? Which we can certainly get into that and that, and that kind of weirdness of complications of Lester's <laughs> life and so forth. Uh.
3: Well, he's friends with a kid. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I met someone that they were really talented and I had a lot of promise in them, and then they were a kid, I'd be like. All right, see you when you're an adult. I'm not going to hang out with a kid. Like, I'm not going to mentor a kid. Sorry.
0: Um. And, and the, there is the other thing that Lester is warning, you know, he's, he's saying beware to William, you know, of Rolling Stone magazine because they will change your story. They'll rewrite it, you know, turn it into swill. And we have a. Uh, so so sw- the word swill is used once here and it kind of. You know, William. William just, you know, disregards that. Says, but besides that, what what would be wrong with what would be wrong with it? Would what, what would be wrong with you know writing an article for Rolling Stone? Um, and and that word "swill" also comes back uh, next minute as a, one of those interesting things that I, I I think I don't we don't I don't think we see William writing down the phrase, but. But he certainly likes it and puts it in his (laughs) in his memory banks, I believe.
3: Right. (laughs) And so, Lester Banks is the editor at Cream Magazine at this time. Is that right? Because he was able to get a story from him earlier.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's you know there there are certain points definitely after this. I know that uh, he still he 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 would you know write as well, write articles and, and do interviews and so forth but um yeah he he's definitely in that editor role mainly
3: yeah i had his book uh oh. carburetor dung and something psychotic oh. reaction and carburetor dung um i i and i read through it a little bit but it's like it's just really hard to enjoy it if you don't know anything most of the things yeah. in there i hadn't heard and uh that was before When I had that book, it was before Spotify where you could just hear anything you wanted Uh at any time. So when I would hear these, like now if I were listening to that, I would probably put on that album while I was listening to the Mm -hmm. part so I could see what he's talking about. But it's just hard to, a total abstraction when you haven't even heard of the band and you're trying to get into it. I was mostly, read the reviews of the bands I at least heard and and then I think I... Yeah, ideally
0: back in the day, that's the way it should have been it should have been written in a way where if you hadn't heard it it should get you to you know at least if at least if the if the uh writer is wanting you is is thinking you should buy it then it should get want you want you to go out and listen to it and buy it
3: that's but, true huh you're supposed yeah, to yeah. read it before yeah. you listen to it and i'm like well i guess i guess maybe in that way it wasn't a very good review of a lot of yeah, right. cuz even the glowing ones i don't know maybe i if it was in there maybe that was why i picked up captain beefheart or something i don't know if that was in there but i <laughs> yeah. there were like things at that time mm-hmm. where people would just recommend something to me and i would just go buy the cd and then listen to it multiple times to make sure i was getting everything out of it and nowadays <laughs> you know it's like five seconds and i'm like ah this isn't really for me and click you know <laughs> so some of those uh, more challenging albums i'm like well who's got the time <laughs> to yeah. enjoy a challenging album eventually
0: uh well, do you have any other notes? Are there any any of the actors that we've I mean you were talking, you've already you definitely talked a little bit about Philip Seymour Hoffman, but
3: Well anyone guess, else
0: you want to talk about or
3: Yeah, Patrick uh Fugit. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> Fug- <Fuget. laughs> yeah. yeah. Well William, you know, I I think that this movie kind of shows uh possibly Cameron Crow's uh, inexperience with uh directing actors in a little bit i hate to be mean it's just you know i think when he works with good actors they all give him what he wants but for me williams uh the performance of William kind of like varies all over the place. Like sometimes it's, it's really endearing and then other, like, especially at the end when he's like yelling at at Penny Lane, I'm like, this is like some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life (laughs) where he's like, he's like yelling, but he's not even really yelling. He's like, I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) Well, I (laughs) I think that's, I think that's the
0: point of the, for the character, the character is acting. The character is kind of, it's not that he's lying. What, what he's saying at that point is that he's lying. It's more that he's, the attitude that he's putting on is, is a put on.
3: <laughs> That's true. You
0: know, he, he's, he's trying to be mean when he's generally not. He's an awfully nice Yeah, kid. it's like
3: someone trying to be mean for the first time, yeah, like when, right. when Jim Halpert tries to yell <laughs> in the office. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's just yeah. like, I remember watching the extra features and he was talking about how cameron crow waves by just putting up his hand when he's leaving places and he's yeah. like i'm gonna do that in the movie and he does it multiple times in the movie and i'm like why don't you pick up like cameron Crowe also doesn't act as weird as you are acting <laughs> why don't you act more like a person <laughs> you know other than doing the hand thing which is cool but like you know we don't know him so <laughs> you could wave any old way if you wanted <laughs>
0: the other crazy thing that happened over the course of shooting the movie is that he started went through puberty <laughs> so they they had that kind of issue where they kind of and I, I feel like even in this minute i mean he's definitely doing those you know lowering his voice um to try to fool ben pontouris but but i i feel like there's spots spots in there where it's 80 yard a little bit
3: oh interesting i feel yeah, like. they should have had him record all of his yeah. lines at the beginning before he went through puberty just in <laughs> case yeah like the whole movie And <laughs> get some squeaks in there too mm-hmm Ah. yeah Yeah. but anyway that's that's all i wanted to say anyway uh you know you're he's good though some of some of his lines are so endearing like when he's like "Well, what would be wrong with that you know like in this minute i I don't know sometimes it's really good
0: uh Uh, cool um so this is the point where for the first for the first day with you uh nathan um would you rank from favorite to least or vice versa um the four bands that are most commonly believed to make up the band uh, stillwater um, and they are just just, just 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 in case we got any new listeners somehow <laughs> starting with his minute. Um Allman Brothers Band, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinner. Uh
3: yes. I I'm gonna I'll go favorite to least, I guess. Sure. Okay. I I actually really like the Almond Brothers band. Oh, cool. I or I uh, listened cool. to the audiobook of their entire biography, which is really long, and it actually made me like them even more. Oh. Um and when I listen to them it sounds pleasant i don't put them on that often but it's like it's like all pretty good stuff from the era i listening to you know uh-huh. the the classic albums anyway then i'd have to go i was i was like tossing it between the next two and between and i had to i think i went with led zeppelin because i think that they have some some really great and diverse songs especially like you know some of their more out there stuff like Trampled underfoot, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, they went through a journey, which is amazing oh, yeah. guitar work. And uh, but then, like, their most popular songs, I feel like everyone goes through that Zeppelin phase, and so, like, their most popular songs, I don't really want to hear anymore because I'd like, I I'm definitely over that phase, so now mm-hmm. it's like, I'll listen to you know, I don't want to, I just don't want to hear like. Like, uh, black dog anymore actually a black dog i would hear right. <laughs> i don't know i don't know which ones i do mostly stuff from like uh two and three i guess yeah um but then next i gotta go for the eagles because i i did watch their documentary uh when it was on netflix maybe it still is that massive two-part documentary mm-hmm. and to me that just really showed how they were a real band like they felt like a real young band which i've never really thought about them in that way because the first time i heard them they were already reuniting and they're already all sitting down playing acoustic guitars at the front of the stage and that's kind of how i always thought of them to see footage and you know just hear how passionate they were about Mm -hmm. putting together harmonies and stuff but then on the other hand i really hate some of their music so uh but but i can definitely i definitely get a big big eagles vibe from stillwater more so than mm. what i know about the other bands they just don't uh-huh. seem like big rock stars they don't seem as like bluesy and down to earth as the Almond brothers they seem a little bit more california and fakey. so i would have to probably say <laughs> they're mostly the eagles and then lastly is leonard skinner to me they're just like lesser allman brothers <laughs> sorry to any skin yeah. <laughs> fans but uh i always just think of like allman brothers jr with a confederate mm-hmm. flag so <laughs> plus you know like the fact that they kept going so long after both both of those southern bands had a lot of a death, you know. Uh, yeah, right. And I feel like Allman Brothers kept it together a lot better I creatively know. than like hiring the singer's brother and <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, like, at least, a lot at of those least with Allman died.
0: Brothers, they're already both in the band.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. The Allman brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, and then uh I guess it's all of them, yeah. So, that's my list. Cool.
0: That's that's a little little uh, different, I think, than we've had. Uh, the, the preponderance definitely is Zeppelin one, but
3: oh, okay, yeah. In the lead at this point. I, I there's definitely a time I would have said that when I had more testosterone, probably. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, great. Um, so uh, you think you'll be able to make it back for the uh, the next minute, uh, uh, minute thirty eight coming up? Sure. And actually, in a week. See you next week, <laughs> next buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll do that. Um, and uh, uh, you, you want to plug just a real quick, a, a real quick uh, other thing. I, I think you said at the beginning. Uh, what did you say? Did you oh say, yeah, what yeah. did you say? The off five or what did you say? Yeah,
3: the yeah. off five office, but with a V. Google yeah. will try to correct you. Just don't let it. Don't let it do it, man. <laughs> uh, but it's about the office it goes through each episode. It's it's pretty yeah. pretty good, I think. So if you'll yeah. like it if you like The Office. If you haven't watched The Office a lot, you probably will hate it. So don't listen to it <laughs> in that case.
0: <laughs> I listened to it, that's for darn sure. <laughs> oh,
3: thank okay. you. Okay.
0: Um yeah, welcome. Uh so we'll be back next time. And until then. It's all happening. It's all happening. I am a golden god! Yeah!
2: this is Brad Page from the I'm in Love With That Song podcast, inviting you to join me as we explore a different song each episode, discovering what makes these songs great. The performances, arrangements, and the production tricks and techniques are all part of creating those magic moments that turn a good song into a great one. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into each song, listening to all those nuances that came together to make it a great song. Our journey takes us across the musical map, from The Beatles and The Stones to Aretha Franklin and Tom Petty, Kiss, The Cars, Todd Rundgren and Roxy Music, from Badfinger to Al Green, Stevie Wonder to David Bowie, from Aerosmith To the zombies. We listen to it all on the I'm in love with that song podcast. You may be unfamiliar with some of these songs, and some of them you've probably heard a hundred times, but I bet if we listen closely, we can discover something new. So join me on the I'm in love with that song podcast and let's listen together because I think you're going to love these songs too.